there are no constraints on creativity and you can really create things that wouldn't even be possible in the physical world. And this clearly applies to gender binaries as well. Could technology be a catalyst for a more gender-fluid fashion industry? I'm Macarena Blanco, the fashion editor at Heritech, and I invited to this episode Jenna McPhilly, the fashion curator and trend analyst also at Heritech, to hear her opinion as a fashion expert. We recently worked together on a report about gender fluidity in the fashion industry. And while exploring the topic, we couldn't help but wonder. What is the relationship between technology and self-expression? And what could this mean for gender fluidity? In this episode, we explore how technology offers consumers new levels of self-expression and how this could be a push further for a more inclusive fashion industry. Hi, Jenna. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I will jump right into it. Do you think today consumers are showing less interest into dividing fashion by genders? I would say definitely, and particularly Gen Z. I think more than more than any generation, they realize that gender is a social construct and that uh, that clothing has no inherent gender. And I think they even perceive gender dressing as old fashioned. But um, in general, regardless of what generation you're from, I think more and more people are realizing that fashion isn't tied to any gender and you can wear whatever you want, regardless of your gender expression. Okay, so before going deeper into the topic, could you surely describe what is gender fluidity for the fashion industry? Okay, so gender fluidity means freely alternating between the traditional codes of masculinity and femininity. For the gender fluid report, we explore the state of play of gender fluidity today. But where do you think this shifting towards gender fluid fashion into the more mainstream mind of the consumers started? I think that social media definitely played a big role simply because people who who were exploring gender fluid fashion just became more visible than they were before social media. And also the visibility of influential public figures breaking gender norms has also definitely helped uh, for gender fluidity to enter the mainstream consciousness as well. And then, of course, you have media publications that play a really strong role in making gender fluidity visible and so when a magazine like Vogue puts Harry Styles in a dress on the cover I would say that definitely plays a big role in normalizing gender fluidity in a more mainstream way. And would you say that retailers are also trying to adapt to this shift? Yes you see brands and retailers both adapting their merchandising strategy to either be completely unisex or showing men's clothing in the women's section and vice versa. You also see a lot of brands approaching design from a genderless perspective. So this means adapting the same aesthetic to all genders um, and merely just adapting the silhouette to, to account for any like biological differences in body shape. strong relationship Gen Z consumers have with social media could be behind this shift towards a more inclusive society? I think 
Yes, for sure. And like I said, there it's simply because there's more visibility of gender nonconforming people and people wearing um, gender fluid fashion, which is thanks to Gen Z in big part. And social media allows you to discover like-minded people and form communities based on whatever your gender expression and sense of style may be. Um, TikTok also plays a huge role, and this platform is obviously most popular amongst Gen Z. So you see a lot of micro trends starting on TikTok that kind of trickle to the runways and to the mainstream. So, for example, there is that trend of girls wearing boxers that they would show in these Get Ready With Me videos. And this trend became huge. Like it, it was featured in Mew Mew's viral SS22 and Fall Winter 22 runway collection. So this is just an example of how um, TikTok can kind of enable a gender fluid trend to pick up on the mainstream and even trickle to the runways. So if we see it this way, social media is becoming a space to enable self-expression and communities to thrive. Yeah, I think that social media both fosters community formation around specific causes and figures, like I said, and there's also this effect of people kind of emulating the style of highly visible celebrities or public figures. So in our report, we mentioned Timothy Chalamet kind of being the blueprint for this new brand of soft boy where men are not afraid to embrace their softer, aka more feminine side. And then you see um, like super admired fig admired figures like uh, Timothy Chalamet wearing feminine stuff that's probably encouraging to others to do the same and just make them not afraid to break these traditional gender binaries. And would you say that retailers are successfully approaching gender fluid fashion or they are still struggling a bit today? <laughs> it definitely depends on the retailer or the brand. So you see some brands and retailers falling into the trap of thinking that um, gender inclusivity means creating these very drab unisex collections that are just kind of baggy, oversized, one-size-fits-all clothing. But clearly, um, designing a gender-fluid collection can be so much more than that. It's about being creative and following your vision without these gender binaries in mind and adapting your vision to fit all different body types. So I would say uh, the French designer Ludovic de Saint-Sernin is a good example of a brand who's doing this. He applies his exact same vision of sensuality to both men's and women's wear without any, any specific gender in mind. And aside from social media, if we look into other technology innovations, do you think digital fashion could be a solution for designers to create more creative gender-fluid collections, as they may not have the same physical obstacles traditional designers have? I mean, for example, many designers mention problems with sizing or with manufacturing as an obstacle. Yeah, I think that digital fashion is exciting because there are no constraints on creativity and you can really create things that wouldn't even be possible in the physical world. And this clearly applies to gender binaries as well. Uh, digital fashion can allow both designers and consumers to more freely express themselves as they're free from the constraints of the physical world. You mentioned before Gen Z consumers, and they now have what people call digital identities. 
which vary across different platforms and from their physical personas. Have you seen them also experimenting with their gender identities within these different personas? Um, yes, I think uh, in the video game space in particular is pretty interesting because people can play with characters that completely differ from their real identity or gender. So it opens up the possibility for exploration. And then buying skins or wearables for your digital avatar can also be a really amazing avenue for exploring different styles that you wouldn't necessarily wear in real life. Okay, and just because I know that you're currently working on a report about the metaverse, I had to ask you, for you, how does self-expression fits into the metaverse? Um, the metaverse kind of frees you from all of the constraints of the physical realm. And this is both in terms of making garments that wouldn't be physically possible in real life. And also um, you have the opportunity to be anonymous, which can definitely give you freedom to truly express yourself without judgment. And then, of course, you can also make your digital avatar literally anything you want to, which must be quite liberati liberating for a lot of people. And what would you say that this new level of self-expression will mean for gender fluidity? So you have, you have the freedom to explore different gender expressions without facing judgment from your peers in the physical world, like I said. So there's less risk involved online. And also uh, your online persona doesn't have to be a mirror of your physical self. So it definitely enables you to experiment with kind of an alter ego. So just as we mentioned before about social media, these avatars and virtual worlds are also becoming a safe space to transverse within gender identities. Uh, it, it definitely depends on the person and how they approach their digital identity. So some people will create their avatar as an extension of their physical self. So same age, sense of style, race, gender, etc. But then others will use it to experiment with an alter ego that might be completely different from who they are in real life. And in terms of fashion, maybe brands could test the waters by seeing if people are more willing to break gender norms online versus in real life by creating skins or wearables for avatars and seeing if people gravitate towards more daring pieces online than they would um, in, their, in their physical lives. So if a brand wants to do so, what do you consider are the key factors to achieve a truly gender fluid collection? I would say to apply the exact same aesthetic and vision you would across gender categories and simply adapt certain pieces when necessary to adapt to the physical differences between the sexes. But gender fluidity doesn't simply mean putting a man in a skirt and a woman in a masculine look. It means creating a collection that doesn't have any specific gender in mind. Okay, so thank you so much, Jenna. It was great to explore even further the topic of gender fluidity and this time see it from a more technology perspective. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our third episode of our new podcast series When Fashion and Technology Collide by Heritech. We will continue with more episodes, exploring the digital transformation along with leaders shaping the industry through creativity and innovation. 
And in the meantime, you can find more content at heretech.com and on Instagram at heretech.